Hi. 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 Hello. Hello and hi. Hello. Hi. Hey. Yes. <laughs> I was just finding another. Oh, that's way to just a new. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Hey. No, I'm, you know. I'm back. I'm tracking again. Hi. Don't worry. Hi. Um, how was your week? Ah, uh, how was my week? Let me think back. What happened this week? I think I just worked a lot this week. Um. Yeah, it was okay. My job is going on a two-week break, so that they like they take two weeks every year, usually in March. Though they're switching it next year to be November, which makes way more sense to me. But whatever. Where they like completely reboot the system, fix bugs, update things. They go through and like find things that aren't working and get rid. Like they do a yearly refresher, I guess. Interesting. Which I think is really smart because it keeps them on top of their game, you yeah. know. But also it's two weeks without work. So that sucks. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm almost officially leading my own tours. So that's good. That's so cool. Um, which remind me to tell you about my first tour. Yikes. So okay. it'll it'll be fine, like money wise, it'll be it'll be all right and I'm not super worried about it. But this last week was the last week of work before the big break and so it was like all of us had senioritis yeah and we were all just checked out and 100 percent done and then today was the last exam before the break and the last like four candidates we all saw were just like can we be done with this please may we please leave now please for two weeks that'd be great yeah, really um so it was a it was a weird week but overall it was pretty good nice Good. Yeah. Yeah. How was your week? <laughs> we should cut that entire story, please. I just had to get it out. Um, I'm really glad that you told me that story, though. Even if it doesn't make it in the podcast, I'm glad that I personally have that that story in my brain because I will think about that all the time. We should also leave in the parts where we're talking about how I told a story. Absolutely. So then everybody's like, "What story? Wow." Yeah, absolutely. Um, my week was good. I mean, no, my week was terrible. <laughs> Oh, well, that was a confusing <laughs> little lead there. No, that was, yeah, no, my week was, you little it, was tease. it was bad. It was um, bad. I, I started my period, which is always just terrible. And then um, my head has been awful, awful, awful all week. Um, it was like regular awful on like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Wednesday morning, it was like doing pretty good. And I was at work and I was, it was like 10, 15. And I was texting my sister about um, my mom's cats that we're watching together. And like, I realized that all of a sudden I couldn't see my phone. <laughs> I was like holding it and I couldn't see my phone. And I like could only see my thumbs typing. And I was like, horrifying. I, was, like, I don't know what I am saying to you right now. And so then I had to like figure my way back to my desk like not really being able to see anything. And then I just had to sit there because I couldn't see anything. Like I, it was awful. It was awful and disconcerting and just. That is terrifying. Yeah. It's not great. It's not good. Um, and this was the first time. So like normally when I go blind with a migraine, um, it's like, it's like little spots that show up and it kind of looks like looking at static on a TV screen Okay. And it's always just like right in front of my field of vision. So I can see periphery, but not 
exactly where I'm looking. So like I usually am able to like read a text or something if I kind of look to the right of it or whatever. Okay. Um, and this time it was like, it was like zigzag lines that connected in a circle right along my periphery and they were flashing. And it was to the point where I typed in flashing lights migraine and multiple people had drawn that exact thing. Like you can Google that and see exactly what I was saying. I'm going to Google it real quick. Um, it's exactly what I what I was seeing. And it's very bizarre. And it was kind of freaking me out because I've never had that before, ever. Um, and it lasted for like an hour. Like, I was like nice. blind for like an hour. And I went to my boss like 20 minutes into it. And I was like, hey, um, heads up, I'm going home. <laughs> it wasn't like a, hey, do you mind? Like I was just like, yeah. I, I'm going home. Um, the only reason I have not yet gone home is that I can't see to drive. And she was like, are that this can't be life. Right. I was like, I sure as shit hope not dude. Like I hope not. So then I just sat around until I could see. And then I came home and, um, are I wiggle ones that look like cartoons. Yeah. Whoa. It's been a rough week. It's been rough, but not because of anything like, you know, globally. It's not like we have no, a I know, pandemic but... nearby or that like a great candidate dropped out of the race. Like no reason yeah. like that. No. The rest of the world had a great week. <laughs> what a horrifying fiction you just came up with. <laughs> yeah. So creative. So creative. Oh. But um, we're recording during the day, which is fun. And well, I it's kind of evening for me, but yeah. It was smack in the middle of the day for me. And I had the day off work today, which is nice. And so I'm recording downstairs on my couch. That is nice. Yeah. So, but that also means that we are almost guaranteed going to hear cats. (laughs) That's okay. There's guaranteed going to be cats at some point during these. So there may also be a pup. She's on alert. Great. I love it. An eye out. I love it. Who knows? Me too. Also, welcome to Babe Town, Taylor. Oh my God. <laughs> this might be the longest intro that we've ever had. We can cut we'll out my it. 10 minute story. We'll though, trim it down. And it could Fine. be a five minute intro instead of a 17 minute intro. <laughs> welcome to Babe Town. Thanks. Um, I feel so welcomed. What are you drinking? I got me some box wine. Look at you. Yeah, feeling classy. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I am drinking either a claw raspberry mm. or a water, depending on how my head goes. That's totally <laughs> but fair. But for right now, a claw. Well, I had a Bloody Mary this morning at Ooh. lunch, which was nice. Look at you, having mm-hmm. a day off. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to like actually have days off and go to brunch and stuff. It's going to be great. Dude. Yeah. Staycation, mostly. Um, I have another question for you. What is it? I'm so curious. <laughs> what year was your babe born? That's such a good question. I'm doing a group this week, and I have no 
date of birth for any of them. But I am assuming roughly the 1630s. Yeah, you're going first. I figured I was. Yeah. Taylor. Reagan. Have you ever heard of the affair of the poisons? Uh, no. Well, tell me all about it. About to. I'm already so hyped just from that. Oh my God. I love this story so much. It's fascinating and awful and great. It's just, it's such a good story. Okay. So we're in France. The year is 1666. We're in King Louis XIV's court. This is our setting. Got it? Great. Okay. I'm there. I see it. You're there. I see it because you see it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm painting you a word picture. Just listen to my voice. Uh, so King Louis was getting tired of his mistress, who had had multiple children for him. So while the two of them are away on vacation with, you know, entourage and the whole nine yards, she brought in a friend that he that she thought that he would like. Uh, okay. The friend's name was Anthony de Montespan. She was, quote, brilliantly amusing. She was 26, dark haired, blue eyed and endowed with a handsome figure. She belonged to one of the oldest families in France. She was proud and she was extravagant. Mm, what a description. I know. Right. Um, so the friend was right. Louis loved Anthony, Athene, excuse me, Athene. I'm trying really hard on all of these pronunciations, but it might go south. Um, you are doing just fine. You will know why when I start my story. <laughs> you are doing just fine. <laughs> Beautiful. So Louis and Athene hit it off. They spent some time together, and then when he left that vacation, he brought the queen, her ladies-in-waiting, and his new mistress. Okay. The friend who had introduced them was, again, pregnant because French kings at the time were the worst. Right. Ugh. Uh, so Athenay served as Louis' mistress for over 12 years, and then rumors start passing around that he was getting tired of her and that after all of their children together, her body had gained weight and lost its draw because people are assholes. Right. So she starts looking elsewhere to gain to gain help keeping Louis' favor, including a budding new branch of science, pharmacology. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So as it is new to the world, pharmacology at the time often included everything that you absolutely do not want in your body to consume. Right. Including menstrual blood, toads, iron, arsenic, and a whole other list of terrible things. That's a real casual, cool list. Yeah, it's, isn't that fun? Let's make some medicines. Mm-hmm. What do we have lying about? Some menstrual blood. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a toad. There's some iron. I have some poison left over. Oh, I'm on my period, so. So good news there. Good news. Just mix it all up. Um, Oof, I hate that. Yeah, a whole bunch. So some women of the time, often the ones that were widowed turn to making like tonics or love potions or charms and stuff to support their families. And a lot of times this also included making poisons for the wealthy women of the court that wanted to poison their husbands to get out of their arranged marriages. Sure. Or to get away from their fathers, et cetera, et cetera. 
So they did all of these things. The most powerful poisonous or witch or whatever you want to call her at the time was named Catherine Deshaies Monvoisson, but everybody called her Lavoisson. No, I do know this. I do know this because um, Lord does a really great episode about this. Nice. Nice. I can't. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing this. Yes. Oh, my God. Great. Um, So Lavoisson used flair in all of her stuff because it's the French aristocracy. They have a very distinct flair for dramatics. Mm Mm-hmm. So her stuff would include like dark masses and sacrifices and, you know, you would summon the devil to make sure that he gave his blessing or whatever. But it was all smoke and mirrors, essentially. Yeah. Her main competition was a poor woman named Marie Boss. They called La Boss. Cool name. La Boss. I know, right? La Boss was a widow with three children and like many other women before her had turned to quote unquote sorcery to make her living because as we all know, there are just boatloads of jobs available to women at that time. Right. So many professional opportunities. Yeah. So many. It's really like, Whoa, you can do anything. They really cornered the market. They did. The market. They did. Um, basically any woman that was talented in chemistry became a sorcerer, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Labas was one of those women, but she was very meticulous in hers. And Lavoisin was a little bit more cavalier in her mixing, from what I can tell. Um, so by the Victorian period, arsenic was taken as a supplement to correct the complexion from within. Because so then casual. it gave them bluish, translucent skin, which was beautiful. You know how skin should look. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gorgeous. So the Victorian doctors prescribed it for everything. Asthma, malaria, period pain, syphilis, a nonspecific pick-me-up. It was literally everything. Wow. It was also used in certain, like, colors, pigments, um, in various greens and purples, all of them extremely toxic when ingested or inhaled. One of those greens, it was called Shields Green, was a popular dye in the 19th century for furnishings, candles, fabric, children's toys, everything. But it gave off a toxic gas. Mm. Obviously. How were these people not dropping like flies? It's amazing to me that the human race survived to the Victorian era. It is baffling, truly. I really, really don't understand it. But anyway, so arsenic was real popular. It could easily kill someone very quickly, but it was usually used in little doses over a long period of time so that at first the victim seemed normal and then slowly they started to get sick and then they would die from this quote-unquote long illness that they had had that headache or the symptoms began with headaches then drowsiness then gastrointestinal problems and then as it developed into like worser and worser and worser yikes (laughs) worse and worse convulsions (laughs) Muscle cramps, hair loss, organ failure, coma, and death. So it just, you know, it works so, at the scale. a real great time all around. All the way around. Everybody is having the it's time of blast. Love and life. You know what? They're here for a good time. Definitely not a long time. Um, can I interject here real quick? Yes, please. Um, so you know that meme of the dog sitting in the room and it's on fire and he's just saying this is this fine? This is fine. Mm-hmm. 
Carl Bright this morning sent me sent me a photo and it was just a little flame sitting in a room surrounded by dogs saying this is fine. (laughs) (laughs) And it made me laugh so hard. Uh, Well done, Carl Bright. (laughs) So yeah, these women, these quote unquote witches, sorcerers, whatever. Many women sought them to get out of arranged marriages, out from under their overbearing fathers so that they could run away with lovers. And in the case of Athene, she sought them out so that she could continue garnering favor with the king. Okay, so fast forward 1677. So wait, what was her plan? Was she going to poison everyone around the king? Oh, Are you getting to that? We'll get there. Okay. We, we'll get there. Um, so 1677, a woman in custody admitted under torture to the existence of these underworld female pharmacists by... <laughs> I love calling them pharmacists so much. Underworld female pharmacist. That's the name of my band. I love it. I love it. Um, But she, while being tortured, said she had knowledge of other crimes of high importance. So then, of course, the French guards and everybody are like, oh, you know. Yeah. Definitely not saying that just so that they'll stop. Right. So... King Louis hires a guy named Gabriel Nicolas de, de la Reigny. We're just going to call him Reigny. Okay. Um, and he is put in charge of heading up the investigation that ultimately became known as the Affair of the Poisons. So Reigny was getting a lot of shit from the common folk because they didn't think he was trying hard enough to get the truth because he didn't believe in torture. He wanted to get confessions from people through interrogation. And he saw torture as inhumane, so the common people saw that as him being involved. Because okay. Okay. everyone's awful. Mm-hmm. Real and so it, yeah. So it adds huge pressure for him to get results. And then once he dug a little deeper, he found Labasse. Okay. So they capture Labasse. While she's imprisoned, she gives the name of Lavoisson. So they bring in Lavoisson, and their interrogation technique was to get her drunk. So they get Lavoisin hammered, and then she tells them the name of the Athene, the Marquis de Montespan, according to Hammered, which... That's the name of my first single. Hammered Witch. (laughs) I love it. We're going to have an entire album for you by the end of this story. It's going to be Absolutely. (laughs) um so the reason she came to her was for help keeping the king's favor blah 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 she had her participate in a black mass where they bribed religious leaders who were also super broke at the time to conduct a phony mass to the devil to give people quote power and permission to do dark deeds cool according to a lot of articles they include infanticide but a lot of historians believe it wasn't actually infanticide, but they used stillborns or a bag of wine that they stabbed in candlelight or something. Very chill. Very chill. Which when you do, when you like initially look up the affair of the poisons, everything is like these witches were, you know, incestuous and murdering all of these people and blah, 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 blah. You know how witches are real. (laughs) Yeah. And so the more you like, dig into the story the more people are like literally the only evidence that any of these people had were confessions made under duress 
That is Man. the entire evidence for the entire affair of the poisons. The end. Wow. Um, so the quote unquote affair, it uncovered a whole group of alchemists and beauticians and like people who had access to these things who accidentally poisoned someone. But overall, the aristocracy were super devout and, you know, very devoted to God, which only took second class to their rank mm-hmm. or second tier to their class slash rank, I guess I should say. One aristocrat was quoted saying, it is my considered opinion that where a man of that birth is concerned, God would think twice about damning him. Buddy. I know. Buddy. Just, that's not how that works. Nope. Um, Sweet, dumb, rich person. Yeah. To this day, whether or not any of these women actually murdered anyone is up for speculation because all confessions made under duress. But the story goes that Athene procured a poison and then ventured into the bedchamber of her rival for Louis' affection and poisoned her. Then, because at the mass, she was all drunk, Mm -hmm. because that's what you do at dark masses, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, Then she attempted to poison Louis himself. It failed. Yada, yada. He was fine. But during her trial... Louis testifies that this woman that he loved and knew so well could not possibly be capable of such things. And it was the fault of the witches that corrupted her. So she's excused as almost oh all of the noble women are. But Rainy established a special court called, oh boy, Chambre Ardente. I'm not going to, nope. We should cut that out. I will not. <laughs> I will not. Do you know why? Why? Because we spent so much time roasting me about oh my god about that it? word about that <laughs> word. <laughs> so we're leaving it in. All right, whatever. I don't speak French. Okay. Whatever. It translates to burning court. Okay. Okay. So he establishes okay. a burning court um, to judge the cases of you know poisoning, witchcraft, the women essentially. They investigate a whole bunch of cases, including many connected to nobles in the king's court because they were the ones hiring these women. And over the years, the court sentenced 34 people to death for poisoning or witchcraft. Two died under torture. And La Voisin was burned on February 22nd, 1680. Barf. Yeah. So the affair of the poisons implicated 442 suspects. 367 orders of arrest were issued, of which 218 were carried out. I don't know what happened to the other 150 or whatever. They were like, no, never mind. Yeah, it's fine. We don't care. It's fine. Um, of the condemned, 36 were executed, 5 were sentenced to the galley, and 23 were sent to exile. Jeez. Which does not include those who died in custody or by torture or by suicide. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Labasse was burned at the stake on May 8th, 1679, and her lover, Margot Vigoro, died under torture in May of that year. It's believed that Labasse's three children were killed as well, but I don't know how. Um, but when you look it up on Wikipedia, they have an entire list of everyone in- implicated, why they were implicated, and what their sentencing was. 
And then they have a list of the noble women implicated their quote unquote sentencing, which mostly consists of the words never tried or freed or exiled, but then allowed to return. Wow. So the noble women got a slap on the wrist. Yeah. And the poor women got executed for rumors, essentially. It's Jeez. crazy. But uh, essentially, that's the affair of the poisons. Wow. I know, right? Good one. Pretty, pretty bummer of an ending. Um, there is the Canadian TV series Versailles. Their second season has a really prominent plot line of the affair of the poisons. Nice. Um, but I think they changed some names. I'm not really sure. Um, quickly to source my shit. Wikipedia, theguardian.com, historytoday.com, historyextra.com, mm. Britannica, and a fun little website called Dirty Sexy History. <laughs> Amazing. But the thing that gave me the idea is this is what the play that I built the set is about. Nice. Yeah, it's called Poison. Um, it follows La Boss. She's the main protagonist. And it kind of jumps back and forth in time between like the weeks leading up to when she got arrested and then once she's in prison. Damn. And dude. so it's having like these memories and flashbacks and stuff. It is so good. It is so good. And the writing is great. Shout out to Dusty Wilson. You wrote a dynamite script. It's so, so good. But it's going into its closing weekend. So I wanted to make sure that I absolutely covered the affair of the poisons because this shit is crazy. It's a super good one. Right? Good work. Yeah. Um, go listen to that episode of lore. Cause you'll love I it. I will. I absolutely will. I yeah. can't tell you what episode it is, but if you Google it, I'm sure you can find it. Yeah. I bet I'll find it. Okay. I'm situated. Um, I apologize if you hear a lot of thumping. Greg is laying next to me and his tail is hanging off the edge of the couch. And Ellie thinks that it is a string. And so she keeps jumping at his tail, which is only making him angrier. Sure. Yeah. So there's going to be. Seems legit. I think there's going to be a lot of little meows pretty soon. Let's do it. Okay. Reagan. Taylor. I feel like I don't need to ask you this because I will guarantee that you have not heard of this lady, but I would love if you had. Have you ever heard of. (laughs) Here we go. Oh my gosh, the suspense. Cigarider Tomastorer? You know? No? I really doesn't haven't. ring a bell. <laughs> doesn't ring a bell. Okay. I so, can't wait to see it typed out. I literally had to type it out the way you say it. Like phonetically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tell me kay. her story. Okay. So... You were worried about the pronunciations of French names. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a lot of Icelandic pronunciations in mind. Yes. So, um, Sigarider was born 1874. Mm-hmm. She lived in Brotholt, Iceland. Um, yep. So, Brotholt is on the Golden Circle. Um, and also, disclaimer, I got this idea because we were in Iceland yeah, you and were. saw a plaque about this lady. Nice. And Evan was like, 
that that should be your babe and I was like you are right you are so, correct um so we were like in the area that this all took place which is fun um so Brotholt is on the golden circle and um is like super 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 agriculture but like like not plants and shit like horses <laughs> like okay. there were ponies and sheep as far as the eye could see in this nice. area so she lives on her family's sheep farm um the land place. that she lives on um it's like this big mesa and it is a huge plot of land that contains Gulfoss waterfall okay nice so um she has no formal education but um most accounts say that she was like super artistic and like her and her sisters would lead like little impromptu tours to Golfoss because that was part of their property. Right. That's so, so cool. So, cool. so Brotholt is about a four minute drive from Golfoss. So like you would be able to hear the falls from her house. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause it's only about a 45 minute walk. So let's chat about Golfoss for a second. Okay. Okay. So, First of all, it is literally the most incredible thing that I have ever seen in my life. It is this huge waterfall that um, is from the Hivita River. And it's this enormous river. And you can, like, see it for miles and miles because, like, the top of Gulfoss is literally just a huge mesa. So you can see it forever. You can just see the river kind of, like, winding its way back up to the mountains. And Gulfoss is a little weird because it's a canyon waterfall. So you're above it the whole time. Oh, cool. So you should like also down. definitely send me your photos of this. I will. Okay. I will for sure. Because right. Gulfoss translates to um, golden, golden waves, I think, or golden mist, something like that. And um, it is because on sunny days, which we were there, well, the second time we were there on a sunny day because we tried to go once and it was a blizzard and you couldn't see anything but um the day we were there you can see exactly why it's called that because on sunny days it holds it like there's so much mist from the waterfall that it makes it look like it's kind of shiny because the yes. light gets stuck in the mist it's so cool I love that it's so cool so um it's huge. It's fucking massive. The flow rate in the summer is about 140 cubic meters per second of water, just like rushing. And like, there's sure two different, right. it's like two different steps. So like one, one um, drop that the water goes down is like 69 feet or something. Like it's nice. huge. It's a huge waterfall. So because it's so big, um, it pretty naturally catches the attention of some hydroelectric power investors as a potential source of energy, mm-hmm. right? Which, like, okay. Um, the only thing with this, though, is that that means that you would have to either put up a dam for it. Right. Or there would have to be some sort of big industrialization around Gulfoss. Okay. Boo. So, in 1907... Um, some nearby landowners, including Segurador's father, um, all sign a deal that basically rents Gulfoss to these hydroelectric power investors. Um, they didn't sell it to them, but they were like kind of leasing it, basically. Okay. 
Um, so these guys plan to industrialize the fall's power to make quote unquote cheap energy. So um, Sigurdur pretty immediately says, no, fuck that. We're not doing that. So she starts making treks to Reykjavik, which is like 72 miles away. So to a go, trek. Yeah, a legit trek to go petition lawmakers to preserve Golthos and not sell it or lease it to these um, industrialists, right? So keep in mind, it's 72 miles and it is the early 1900s. So there are lots of reports that say that she did it at least once on foot, which is wild. Jeez. Um, and like, that has to have been in the summer because like when we were there, I think about, cause we drove the day we went to Golfoss, we drove from Golfoss to Reykjavik and I cannot imagine walking that. No, <laughs> like there's no way it's wild. No. Um, so she would frequently talk to officials about how much of a loss it would be for Golfoss to become owned by quote foreign industrialists rather than being enjoyed by the locals and like preserved because it's this ancient, like there are like legends about how it was formed and that it was like, well, yeah, how could there not be? How could there not be? And like, there are, there are stories and legends that it was um, that like the river itself is uncrossable and yet there were these two lovers like back whenever you know and one of them lived on yeah. one side and one of them lived on the other and somehow they found a way to cross it and that Golfoss is the symbol of their love or whatever like there's like all yeah. of these different legends about it I, um, like that. I do too so much so um she's like no we have to preserve this we have to keep this and she basically fights for long enough like she this was a years-long court case that she had um, trying to block the lease of Golfoss. Um, her her uh, legal counsel, her attorney, she hired with her own money. She saved up. Um, his name was Sven Bjornsson. Um, he, fun fact, ultimately went on to become Iceland's first president. <laughs> so, oh, fun! Good for him. Cool. Yeah. Um, so she is fighting the courts for years and years, Um her pressure on the courts ultimately failed, but when it failed, she's like, all right, fine. Fuck you guys. Maybe I'll just throw myself into the waterfall. And they're like, maybe like, don't though. Like, please don't do that. And she's like, yeah, okay, no, fine. I won't do that. Like she doesn't do it, but she's like threatening. Like she's like peak. I'm going to chain myself to a tree. Right. Environmentalist lady. Um, so it goes on a little bit more extreme than chaining yourself to a tree. Totally. I'm going to huck myself into this huge waterfall. Huck myself? <laughs> uh, I'm just um, going to huck myself right over. <laughs> so um, so it goes on for long enough. She is fighting them for years and years. So eventually, even though her like legal debate is failing, she's gaining public support. So... Eventually, she has so much support that they kind of don't have a choice. So the lease contracts are voided out. Um, the hydroelectric power was never constructed at Golfoss. Pretty much the only thing that's out there at this point is a visitor center. There's like nothing. It's in the middle yeah, of girl. nowhere. Um, there's a visitor center at the top of it. And there are like three different little paths that you can do around it. And that's pretty much it. Like, I think there's a hotel, but it's kind of far away from it. It's mm. it's very in the middle of nowhere and very cool. Yeah. Um, so 
Sigurdur died in 1957. She was nearly 87. Um, she has become an Icelandic legend. There are some debates about how dramatic of a story it actually is. If it was quite that, um, a lot of accounts say that um, the business deal just fell through, that they had never actually, like, it, it wasn't because of her that the lease right. contracts were voided out, that they just Ew. kind of fell through or whatever. There are, like, there are lots of different reports of it, but... The story that is on the Golfoss website, the story that is at Golfoss Visitor Center, and that is like touted by Iceland is this one. So, yeah, as it should be. Yeah, it's a better story. So, um, and all of it happened more just a matter of like how, <laughs> yeah, mythology it is now at this point. Um, so she um is like an Icelandic legend. She's got a plaque. Um, at Golfoss, there's a sculptor that made a statue of her that's placed at the falls. Nice. Um, she's viewed as Iceland's first environmentalist. Um, her story is like such a part of Icelandic lore that there are like lots of different things out there that are like, well, you know, like she wasn't necessarily beautiful and she wasn't powerful, but she did this and she did it well. Like it's, pretty amazing how like she's like the darling of iceland it's so cute i love it so much that like this hippie lady is their like hero yes i love it um so in 1979 this is another part that like there's some debate as to the timeline of this sure but um some reports are that the family sold Golfoss to the icelandic government before she died like back in the 50s um, some reports are that the, that it the Icelandic government bought it in the 70s, but either way, um, 1979 Golfoss was officially placed into conservation status. Um, so while she didn't Beautiful. live to see her waterfall officially become protected, I like to think that she's like that she would be like stoked about how many people from all over the world have gotten to see it. Just like yeah. super pristine. There's nothing around it. It's like just the same. Yeah. I imagine as it was back in the 1800s, which is pretty yeah. fucking cool. That's really um, fucking cool. So, uh, last little, a last little quote from an article that I found about her it says, "Quote: She followed her passion, believed in her cause, never gave up, and pursued her quest without regard for fortune or fame. Her legacy is our access to the falls." Ugh. Cute. Very. So cute. Her dude. It's so cute. And I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> Evan and I were like reading about her and like, seriously, there are like, there's at, at Gulfoss, there's like a little six sided history of the falls and like oh. every single side of it talks about her in some aspect or another. Like she well, yeah. is like their person, which I just, which, I yeah. Just Can you imagine if she hadn't fought for that and then it would be damned up or something, you know, I like, know. Or, like, really hard to get to, or there'd be, like, shit all around it. Yep. Mm. Good for her. So good. good. for us that we have that now. We have that. Yeah, it's so beautiful, too. It's so beautiful. Like, it made me, like, tear up when I got there. Because I was, like, it, it was like seeing the Grand Canyon, you know, where, like, yeah, it just blew my mind that something like that exists on this planet. It's one of those things that's so massive that, like, pictures don't do justice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Ugh, yeah. It was so good. We spent like, we spent 
like almost three hours there just like staring at the waterfall yeah. there's nothing to do there like there it's literally there's nothing to do but it was so oh so great wow so that's really cool shout out to that lady with a really hard name to say (laughs) (laughs) shout out to you ma'am we love you (laughs) that's what i should have done i should have just called her ma'am the whole time (laughs) um okay let me source my shit real quick it's a short one um so golfos.is which is the icelandic like ending to things it's like canada (laughs) sure um so like the official golf Oz website um wikipedia and then there's a place called ozzy.com ozy.com there's an article yeah there's an article the badass woman who saved this icelandic treasure written by neil parmer hell yes yeah and uh that is my babe what a good babe such a good babe i love that babe wow good job dude thanks Thanks. And I have no idea if you pronounce those things right, but I choose to believe that you did not. Oh, rude. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I thought for sure you were going to hype me up and be like, I choose to believe that you nailed it. <laughs> no, I know. I meant to the whole time, and I was like, how funny would it be if I just tossed a curveball here? <laughs> that was pretty good. No, I do. I do hype you and support you, and I have. I would have done so much worse. You nailed it. Hmm. That was basically me trying to read street signs, though, for a week. (laughs) 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 Trying to navigate Evan around as he's, like, trying to drive this giant van. And he's like, what road do I turn on? And I'm like, I don't know, it's Njal's gotta. He's like, that cannot be right. (laughs) And yet it was. (laughs) When we got stuck, we got stuck in a snow berm. We had to call a tow. And the lady was like, where are you guys? And I was like, um... (laughs) I can, I can try to, I was like, I can try to read you this street sign. Who knows? And she was like, okay, well, you said you were at a campground. What's the campground's name? And I was like, um, it's, it's Skjol. And she was like, what? I was like, it, it's S-K-J-O-L, but the O has like the umlaut on it. And she was like, that, hmm. Okay. Do you, what are your, do you have your coordinates? (laughs) And I was like, okay. Yeah. Good job, dude. Thanks. So cool. I love it when people care about stuff a whole bunch. Me too. So much. So much. Um, do you have a babe of the week? I do have a babe of the week. Who is it? I mean, I think we can guess who my babe of the week is. My babe of the week is motherfucking Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, that was my, that was my guess. It's, it is absolutely Elizabeth Warren. Um, yeah. I. Yeah. I am so bummed to see her drop out of the race when there are so many other people that should drop out of this race <laughs> who I personally think have a very small chance of being able to beat Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, and. I think it's really incredible that uh, Elizabeth Warren has done what she has done in the amount of time that she has been running for president because yeah, dude, it's pretty fucking cool to see people and especially women so 
hyped about this election and about a woman running for president who has plans for everything and not hypothetical plans like plans with concrete plans it the best candidate i mean it's really awful that she's dropping out and i think that it's a big big loss that she's dropping out um and i i was so excited to vote for her me too man i hope that Elizabeth Warren recognizes how many people, but especially women and young girls that she has inspired, even just by running the campaign that she ran. I think I'm sure that she knows, right? She, I hope she's very, very, very proud of the campaign that she ran. Cause it was um, amazing. It was a cool campaign to be running in 2020. Yes, <laughs> I feel very, very lucky that I got to go to one of her town halls yeah here in Chicago it was a great time she's so inspiring and genuine and wonderful and I yeah I agree yeah so it's it's uh it's a bummer but the good news is that she got Mike Bloomberg to drop out so god bless counting that as a big old win were you guys bombarded with all of his commercials all the time too of course of course Ugh. Yeah, of course. Yikes. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Elizabeth Warren is my babe of the week slash of the year slash of my life. My life. As she should be. She's Who's your babe of the week. Amazing. Um, I thought about also doing Elizabeth Warren. but I was kind of I, expecting us to have the same babe of the week. I figured you were going to. And so I wanted to give some hype and shout out and love to another babe that really inspired me this week. Do it. Um, my sister-in-law, Kara Kay. Um, her fifth book in 14 months just got published. What the fuck? That's Which, amazing. Isn't it? I'm so freaking proud of her. I cannot comprehend having five books published in just over a year. That's that wild. Blows my mind. This one is such a cool idea. So it's for moms and preteen age kids. It's a, it's one journal that has questions for both of them and then like activities for both of them. And so it's like this interactive journal book hybrid that connects moms to their preteens and preteens to their moms in a very meaningful way. And I think it's so smart and so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's called together and I'm so proud of her and I think it's such a cool thing and I hope it just fucking takes off. That'd be cool. But yeah, Kara Kay, you are absolutely my babe of the week. And That's a really good one. I don't know how she does this with four kids and two cats Seriously. and a dog and a business. And I just. She's one of those ladies that we always talk about on here. Yes. Being like, how are you doing all of these things all of the time? How are you doing all of these things all of the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. She's very cool. And I'm super duper proud to be her sister-in-law. Mm, that's yeah. a really good one. Just all of all of this is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I one can even say that I love this. I love you. I also love you. That is so crazy. Oh my god, that really works out. It's so convenient. Do you know what I'm realizing right now? What? Tell me. 
is that I really probably should take down my Christmas tree. Oh, no. Because it's March 6th. It sure is. Maybe I'll just do it like I do daylight savings time and leave it up until Christmas again. And that way it just comes back around. That's why I'm looking forward to Sunday. No, that's why I'm looking forward to Sunday because my car clock is going to be right again. (laughs) It's great news. I believe in you. (laughs) You have got this. Mm -hmm. You conduct your business however you want to. Thank you. I live my life out loud like a Pinterest mom. Uh, Pinterest. (laughs) This was a great time. This was a great time. As you always, want to do it again I love this. real soon? <laughs> I would love nothing more. Great. Let's do that. Great. Um, I love you, okay. babe. I love you. Oh, also, people, if you're listening to us. <laughs> oh, right. Hi. Subscribe to us because we're uh, talking to you, too, not just each other. Oh, absolutely. We're doing a thing. We would never forget that you're there. Oh, my God. We would never forget that we're holding a microphone. No, we super remember that we're podcasting all the time. 100%. We definitely mm-hmm. don't tell 12 minute stories just to rant at our best friend because we know that we're podcasting. I, I love, love you, friend. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. I love this. Great. I love great. this too. Hashtag Babetown. All in all. Babetown Pod. It's everywhere. Babetown Pod. It's, we're everywhere. Can't get rid of us. We're, you like be. we're like Visa or glitter. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.